But then I realized he, like, doesn't let any of his guests talk, and he talks about himself the whole time. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so, yeah. it's like, he has his amazing guests on, and then he, like, talks about his experiences, like, when he was a kid playing hockey, and I'm like, no one wants to hear about that, Connor. <laughs> Welcome back to Where's My Stick? I'm Danielle. I'm Christy. And today we are going to be previewing the East Division um, as hockey is about to start. And we are joined by Saucy Rocket. So let's just jump into that conversation right now. Mary and Leah from Saucy Rockets joining us. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. Thanks for inviting us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Of course. I mean, who else would you want to talk about the East Division with? No one else. <laughs> no one. Um, so, okay. Um, I'm going to start off just uh, with each team, talk about some of their biggest moves. So if I miss a team or I'm, if I miss the move, sorry, but, you know, this offseason felt like forever. So we might have missed something, but all the biggest moves we have here. And then we will kind of talk about some questions on, like, who – uh, had the best off season. Who do we think is the strongest team in the division? So starting off, um, I have it listed by Dom Lashinskins ranked on the athletic. Um, it has Boston first, so we'll start with them. So like I said, yeah, Boston is the favorite um, in the East. And this off season, they lost Chara and Tori Krug. Uh, Pasternak currently is out with a hip. Um, he's resumed skating, but... Um, they're thinking that his timetable is mid-February, maybe a little bit earlier. But right now, they're without him. And pretty much everyone really likes Boston because they have three very elite forwards, um, strong depth throughout the lineup, and very, very good goaltending. But their big question is on defense. They Dom believes they just only have two really good defensemen. So give me your thoughts. Um, I, this is Leah. So I agree that they're probably the contender for the front runner in the division because they're the only, te- I think they're the only team that has really solid goaltending. Like everyone, everyone else is a little bit of a question mark. Um, and they still have, as you said, the elite forwards. And I don't really think they lost all that much defensively I mean Chara is a lot older now and he's not what he was before I mean Tori Krug is definitely a big loss but I think they are still the team to beat because they have a little bit of everything am I the only one who is completely shocked by the Chara move I've kind of been like I think more withdrawn from hockey than I, I really want to be for a while now so I don't know if I just missed seeing rumblings that this might have been happening but it came out of nowhere for me I'm moderately shocked. I don't think, I think it's fair to say to be completely shocked because the way they made it seem when they lost in the playoffs, they made it seem like it was going to be his last game as a Bruin, like he was never going to play with the organization ever again. So that's when I was kind of just like, oh, I kind of hope that doesn't happen because you hate to see it. But yeah, when it happened, I was just like, really? The Caps? Really? Yeah, I was... I was kind of surprised, but then not really. I was surprised he stayed in the Metro slash East, East division. Um, but I wasn't really surprised they moved on for that from him. Boston seems like the kind of team that just like gives no fucks and they would like <laughs> lose their captain of how many years. So what I'm 
more surprised is that they lost Chara and and Tori Krug, but didn't replace them. Just because I, I definitely agree with Dom and Leo uh, with the fact that they they're strong at a lot of different places, but I think obviously gold. T- I mean, defense is the is the biggest question mark here. I was surprised because I thought that if he moved on, he would get paid more. So I was like, they didn't want to keep him around for like kind of league minimum. That was a little bit surprising. Although I guess he said that he didn't want to be like a taxi squad player. I think he probably just didn't want to deal with that. So it was maybe more his choice. But when it all first came out, I was like, wow, they got him for virtually nothing. Yeah, I think that definitely has something to do with the the fact that all, all the teams are playing under a flat cap. And the fact that, you know, I guess you would rather want to pay that to maybe a prospect that's coming up that could be more useful than Chara. But it's just weird talking about Chara in this way because he's like Chara. <laughs> it's just weird. <laughs> yeah. But you're you're right, though. Boston management, you know, they, they really don't give any fucks. Like after especially like you saw that after the pandemic, like their players were raising money to help with their employees and things like that and they were like the only team that didn't really step up and do something <laughs> that's a really good point. yeah i just realized too that like theoretically if the pandemic ever ends and we ever feel safe to like go walk around dc among other people again we could theoretically walk by charlie <laughs> oh, like, he seems wild. really nice yes. and you would like notice him too oh yeah absolutely Absolutely. Yeah. Like, will he even yeah. fit on the metro? <laughs> <laughs> that would be a good You would take the metro, too. That's sweet. Well, I was going to say, I'm not as high on Boston as everybody else. Like, yeah. I just I just don't see it. <laughs> I don't see, like, them being first. I see them being, like, contenders, but not, like, first. And considering they are in a tougher division than they were last season... I feel like that, that can impact how like high up the standings they're gonna be. Like I don't I don't trust them. And who knows if Tukaras is even gonna play for that long because we're getting COVID cases in like different places and he has a and he has his daughter. So I don't know. I'm I don't I wouldn't pick Boston first. I hope you're right. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I, I think that's fair. I think that Boston doesn't have as many question marks as some other teams, but and I think that's what gives them the nod because I do think this is a really deep division, and you know, being first could just be you won literally one more game. All right, so moving on, we're gonna skip uh, Dom's rank two and three and talk about them a little bit later. So let's jump to Philly who uh, he has projected as fourth in the division. Over the summer, they lost Matt Niskanen to retirement. They signed Eric Gustafson. Um, just a little keynote, not as a replacement. They just signed him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dom said that there's a lot of depth here on every line and every pairing, and plus a soon-to-be elite goalie if he isn't there already. I thought that line pretty much wrapped up the Flyers because they really didn't make too many moves um and i didn't want to come off biased on this podcast so i'll let you guys go <laughs> okay <laughs> so i just want to say that like my i i 
kind of want a little bit of like accolades right now because when you started talking about the the flyers, my immediately first gut reaction was like, ugh. But like, <laughs> I I'm trying very hard to be more open minded to them since they're from Philly, which like did us all such a solid in November. So I am trying to find some. <laughs> space in my cold dead heart to not hate the flyers as much as i do i mean you can still hate them yeah i was gonna say christy <laughs> literally says ew every time I <laughs> to the point where i'm like sorry i'm just gonna mention the flyers real quick so you're absolutely you're not alone i think the flyers i would i would bring them at number two i feel like they're um th- they were really hot at the end of last season and they have probably, the, I would say, the second most solid goaltending in the division because I think Carter Hart is good. Wah. Um, I know, boo, boo for everybody else. But um, I I also feel like they have a lot of young, fast talent, and then they have some veterans, some good veterans. So they have a good mix of players to be able to make a good run at it. I was surprised that um, they were fourth. Yeah, I think I'm putting them low on my ranking just because of residual, like, feelings. <laughs> I would say that's fair to put Philly um, second just because they're coming in with the same roster they finished the season with. And I think that in a shortened season, that could benefit them. And the fact that they don't have any, uh, they don't have, like, a new coach. They're not trying to learn a new system. They have no, really, adjustments that need to be made um, in, like, the coaching staff or, or their systems. So, I feel like that really could help them in the shortened season. So I could definitely see Philly like second in the division because of that. I agree with Leah. I do think that they have a lot of talent, um, especially young guys. But the thing with young guys is that they're not really that consistent and they always have to try to prove themselves. And there's always a possibility that they won't. And then I think one of the biggest, struggles for Philly last year, especially in the playoffs, was the fact that their stars really, or their big guys, didn't really produce. And at the end of the day, you have to score goals. So that's like my concern with them. So I could also see them projected fourth or third in the division. Um, But I do think that they're a strong playoff team. (laughs) Moving on to uh, the projected fifth team in the league, uh, Dom has the New York Islanders. Um, right now, uh, they Barzell's not at camp, and they're trying to figure out a way to sign him. So most, more than likely, by the time this episode's out, he'll be signed, which kind of sucks, but it's fine. <laughs> they lost Devin Taves on defense, and then Johnny Boychuk was injured, but then retired due to his eye injury he sustained during the 2019-2020 playoffs. Um, and then the biggest question mark, I think, for the Islanders, or I guess not, is in is in goal. And um, right now they have Ilya Sorkin. Yeah, Sorkin. He's a backup goalie, um, but he hasn't played in the NHL yet. Um, he's been playing in the KHL, but his numbers there are outstanding. Um, he was a .935, and then a .9 three one um in his last three seasons everyone thinks that this that they believe that his style could translate very nicely in in the nhl so he's going to be backing up varmalov but it wouldn't be surprising if you see him starting instead of varmalov 
And then um, just to throw in, which I thought was, I hated, but I, but I also appreciated, but Josh Hosang was signed um, to a one-year, two-way contract with the Islanders. Oh, Josh. In terms of their team, I feel like their, their defense really took, mm-hmm. like, a hit because they had to, because Boy Talk retired and Taves went to the Avs. So like I like their forward group, given that um, Barzell plays, I feel like it should be fine, especially with how um, Barry Trotz like does his systems and stuff. But their defense is really, really suspect. Yeah, super suspect. I think that's right. I think they're a crapshoot. It could be really good or it could be really, really bad. Yeah, yeah. See, I don't know. I think Trotz is going to drive them to be, like, mediocre to good at the very least. Like, I don't think they're going to be bad. He's going to force them. Yeah, I think, like, I, you know, I I don't like the teams he's coached, but I feel like he's done a good job with them. I think that that's going to, I mean, kind of like Sullivan for a while was keeping the Penguins from, you know, blowing too badly. I think that Trotz is had a couple really good seasons. Um, so I think that he's going to kind of drag them kicking and screaming into being not terrible. Yeah. And it seems like they really buy into that whole, like, Barry Trot system, which is really infuriating for the rest of us to watch. But it worked pretty okay for them last year. I wonder whether or not he's going to be able to pull it off because he's so defense oriented. I wonder if he'll be able to pull it off with what he has now. Yeah. And it's going to be impossible to make trades. So this is what he has. Yeah, I agree with you guys. I think the Islanders, I don't know if it's just like my hate for them or like, I'm trying to be (laughs) rational, (laughs) but like, I, I just don't think they were as good as they were two years ago. And I think a lot of that had to do with, obviously, the the new defensive structure, but also um, goaltending. And I thought that it's the the goalie that's with Vegas now that was with them. Leonard? Yeah, Leonard was, like, their goalie that was, like, pushing them to wins. And then I don't think that Varmalov uh, is the same or even was at that level. Um, and then so now they're coming in and it's just Marmalov and sure, uh, Ilya Shashurkin, um, he sounds good. I don't know if he could be like the thing about it is, is that it's a short season. So if he if you can't if your goalies are suffering, um, that's going to tank you. Uh, so that's like that's that part of my brain is like, yes, yes, let's go with that. <laughs> <laughs> But he might be really good. Yeah, like I also completely understand what you guys are saying. And like they always seem to get lucky and to do well. So I don't know. But their defense has definitely taken a hit. They're so boring to talk about. Yeah, because they're just, they make themselves boring. They're not fun. I'm just, I'm sorry. They're just not fun. So yeah, it's just like the Barzell thing could be it could be like, ooh, spicy, like what's gonna happen? But then he's probably just gonna sign for less money because he knows they don't have any money. Exactly. I heard that Barzell is in New York, at least like he's there. Yeah. So he's not at camp, but he's like 
in the city. So people are like, oh, that's a good sign. Blah, blah. Yeah, the Islanders, I could see them projected fifth. I could see them missing the playoffs and just because they didn't address any of the moves that they, that or any of the players that they lost in the offseason. I could definitely see that. Yeah. Okay, moving on to uh, projected sixth overall, and that is the New York Rangers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dom is he was a little bit like up and down on this team. Like he, I, my favorite quote from his, uh, his synopsis on the Rangers was welcome to New York where at any given uh, time, any player is projected to be either really, really good or really, really bad. And there's little in between. And I, that's genuine. Like I could see that, that being, the yeah, Rangers, truly. So over the season, obviously they had the first overall pick. They got Lafreniere. They lost Hank, but they still have, uh, Gorgiev and Shesterkin, and then my favorite addition. My, <laughs> I have repented for this. Like I've gotten my it good back to me, but they've added Jack Johnson, which is my favorite move of the off season. The fact the that it wasn't my team. Ever. I just want someone to believe in me the way that hockey GMs believe in Jack Johnson. That's all I want. He is like the embodiment of the over-successful, mediocre white man. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I want to start a movement. Like, what would Jack Johnson do? Yeah. It is, it is somehow working You would out do nothing. With <laughs> the line, like, have a funny little saying, because all the, all the reporters love him. He's such a nice guy. And here's the thing with New York and the Rangers. All of their defensemen are bad. Well, like, almost all of them are bad. They have... Adam two. Fox was pretty good. Yeah, but they have like two and a half defensemen. Like the, you have Trupa, Fox, and then half of Tony D'Angelo. Add in Keandre Miller because he'll most likely be playing this year. I feel. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. So the, I mean, they have people coming up that'll be really good. Unfortunately. So my biggest thing with the Rangers that is like upsetting to me is I feel like coaching is a bigger issue than people um than people think. I don't I don't trust Dave David Quinn, but then I'm also just like they have like one and a half centers for all these young guys on the wing. So I'm a little I'm a little bit apprehensive, but then I'm just like in, a, in a shortened season with 56 games if you have Panarin and Mika and Chris Kreider healthy they could go for a run because I do think their goalie tandem is pretty good even though they're both really young so I don't know like I can see it but then I, I can see where all the things can go right but I can also see where everything goes wrong for them I think that's pretty accurate because you also just don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if Lafreniere is going to pan out mm-hmm. or if Kako is going to have a better year than he did last year. Because if both of them are really, really good this year, then that's going to make a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, there's going to be a lot of injuries and Jack Johnson ends up on the first line, <laughs> which and- always works out so well for everybody. And oh. somehow there's a lot of injuries, but he's healthy. Yeah, yeah, he never gets sick. Never, <laughs> not, not, even not even a cough. Not even a cough, a sniffle. He doesn't even have allergies. But the thing with K Andre, I feel like he's the lefty, and I think they have a lot of those, even though like they're not as good as him. 
Like, if he doesn't get a shot this season, I want David Quinn's head. Like, if Capocaco has a bad year and Lafreniere doesn't have, like, the best rookie year, I'm going to be like, okay, this is two times in a row. What's going on? How long has he been the coach for the Rangers? 2018. May 2018. So, two years. Almost three years. Okay. So, yeah, I can get where you're, like, you're wanting to see progress. But to be fair, the Rangers like were supposed to be bad for a really long time. Yeah. So they can they can relax, okay? They can. But they need to start getting just a little bit better, just a little bit better. I'm okay with them seeing where they are. See my lifetime. I'm gonna go to a playoff game at Madison Square Garden. That's fine. Like you, yeah. In a decade when it's safe, you can go. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. But with the Rangers, man, it's so crazy because I feel like their like their team is it like doesn't know what it is. Like it's like, are you rebuilding? Are you going for it? Because like you said, they have all these young, highly touted prospects, right? That need time to develop. You know, even if Kako has a good, a better year than he had last year, I don't know if he would necessarily be an impact player right away. And and then uh, Lafreniere. Same with him. Like, even if he has a, a, a reasonable rookie season, I don't know if that's going to push them over the edge into the playoffs. But then they have, like, Mika and Chris Kreider and Panarin, and and those guys are in the, the time in their career where, like, you want to go for it. Like, they are going to give you the their best hockey now. So it's just really weird. It's like half the team looks like they're tanking for more of their high-end prospects and then half the team looks like they're going for it and it's like giving out like million dollar like 10 million dollar contracts to players and it's like don't you have to pay your young guys it's just weird so I don't know I absolutely could see the Rangers even either being like sixth in the in the division or squeaking into the playoffs I don't necessarily see them like anything higher than four just because of the yeah. Yeah, definitely not. All right. Another New York team. Buffalo is projected seventh on Dom's model. Um, over the summer, Buffalo uh, traded Marcus Johansson, sorry, Marcus Johansson, um, for Eric Stahl and signed Taylor Hall to a one year deal. And Dom ha- quoted them as while the average outcome is still the most likely for the Sabres, which is ending up seventh in the division, a successful season really isn't that far out of reach as none of these things seem impossible. And the team doesn't even really need to um, need to do a lot to make the playoffs either. It's just the fact that, in his opinion, the fact that they're in such a deep division hurts them because he, the Sabres have two solid um, lines um, and then their defense. It's, it's not, it's not the worst in the division, which is a first for Buffalo. I will say their goaltender, their back or their like one B one a goalie uh, got hurt a couple of days ago and he's out for six months. So that wasn't, that needs to be taken into account, which it wasn't in the, when this article was written. Yeah, Buffalo. <laughs> Talk about a team, like, I just talked about the Rangers when I said half the team looks like they're going for it, and then half the team looks like it's filled with prospects at any time. Uh, that could also be said about Buffalo. I don't even know. I don't know if you could give 
Buffalo half that are trying to go for it. I mean, with Taylor Hall, Jack Eichel, Jeff Skinner, Sam Reinhart, I don't think they're as top tier as like Mika and Panarian and them, but that's that's some firepower. Like they're names that people know. Yeah, I think that they're the Taylor Hall acquisition is really big for them because they there's like Jeff Skinner too, and he's maybe he'll have a better season this year or something. So if he's a good year, that can make a big difference. Um, and the whole thing with goaltending, everybody is kind of wonky about it in this division. Like I feel like you know Boston has like the one tried and true, you know, like everyone else is a little bit of a gamble. Yeah. So. Like it could go, it could go any number of ways. So I feel like Buffalo, I, they're like my sleeper team. I feel like I feel like they could surprise everybody this year. Mm. Leah is always so optimistic. Yeah. <laughs> no, I really like, feel maybe like... they can do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel like people are they're Everyone's like, oh, they're gonna suck, and I'm like, I don't really feel like that. I mean, you know, like it, it could it could really go either way. Like, yeah. I don't know. That's like not very insightful. <laughs> I think, um, <laughs> I think that they're better than they're going to be better this year than people give them credit for. I feel like they could, they could maybe be like in the top three or something and and push someone or the top four and push someone out of the playoffs. I think they or could be on the bubble. Someone can be really bad this year as well. Yep. <laughs> This team is so crazy, but I will say that they have addressed one of their biggest question marks for years, and that was the 2C. I know everyone's thinking, like, oh, my God, Eric Stahl, why would you get Eric Stahl? But Eric Stahl was, like, uh, Minnesota's number one center, I think, for a while. And so I definitely could see him fitting in with Buffalo, and, you know, I think right now he's reunited with Jeff Skinner and he's playing with Sam Sam Reinhart and a lot of people like obviously Sam didn't pan out as hot like as he should have like where he was drafted but he's still a very very good hockey player like he does a lot of little things right that I think a lot of like skilled players prefer to play with him because he does that like he'll go and get the puck and give it to them so that they can just go ahead and make you know make a play and so I think, like, I really like their top two lines, and I don't know. I think that Rasmus Dahlin is better than a lot of people think, and I think this year we might see that. And also, I think what's in their favor is the fact that it is a shortened season and that, you know, you can go on a run like they'd have a, cu- a couple of times in these past years and make the playoffs. So I do think that, like, is in their favor, but... I do agree with Dom and the fact that this is a really hard division and like every team can go on a run. So, yeah. How do you think the new management is going to affect things? They all really tend to like their coach. So I think that they have that stability in coaching. There's, it's not going to be any changes with that. A lot of the players really like Ralph. I mean, even when he played or even when he was coaching the Oilers, a lot of the players there really liked him then. Um, This GM, he's been around with the team for a while, but, I mean, right now, I can't find a fault in anything he did. Like, getting Taylor Hall and getting that, making that trade for um, for Eric Stahl was, like the, in my opinion, the best thing they did this summer. Because Marcus Johansson, I really liked him. <laughs> I got him one year in fantasy, and he, like, helped carry my team 
when he was with the Caps, and he just never came back from that. Like every other year, he is not—he is not played to that level. So I like had a soft spot in my heart for Marcus Johansson, but like they were playing him at center, and he's just better as a winger, and it just like was not working out. So the fact that they got out from under that contract, which sucks, because he, you know, wanted to stay in Buffalo, but the fact that they got out of that contract and were able to get something that they needed out of it. It was just like a really big win. So we'll see how their owners do. Um, that's the biggest wild card for me. Right. They're chaotic. <laughs> they are. They are, they are like a trash fire. Yeah. Like the Bruins ownership, like not wanting to pay. Like first they like, <laughs> yeah. fired, fired so many people. And then we're like, yeah, we're not paying you. And it was just so messy. And So have you heard those rumors about Patrick King? returning to Buffalo because he's from there. Like, what do you, do you think that could happen anytime in the near future? It's kind of off topic, but I'm like kind of curious about it. If they have the money. I see. I don't think, I don't see him leaving Chicago. Yeah. That seems weird to me. Like he'd be, he'd be taking a step back. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, he's already know. won his cups. Yeah. That's yeah. But he's but I could see him relatively like, young for yeah. hockey. I mean, it's not like he's got his cups and he's old. He wants to like go home. I mean, Buffalo is home, so technically he might. I could just see like, see like I feel like the Sabers are kind of like on the upswing, whereas the Hawks aren't. Like, the Sabres have some good things that make it, like, kind of attractive to to stay there. Like, they got the number one center. They have their number one defenseman. I mean, they're still looking for a goalie. Dylan Cousins, like you mentioned, Christy, he could be their number two center. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that could be enticing. But I just don't see – I just don't see it. But then again, Patrick Kane is, like, a huge jackass. So <laughs> – Yeah, he is. <laughs> He's the worst. He's from Buffalo. What do you expect? but I mean I could understand if you're like in your prime and you want to play with a good team because the Hawks are not a good team like even before uh Kirby Doc got hurt and then Taves got hurt like they were questionable but then with those two inner like those two injuries their center depth is like no offense to Dylan Strom but like (laughs) I don't think you want him to be your number one center no Okay, so projected last in the division is anyone surprised? The New mm-hmm. Jersey Devils. Um, no, <laughs> I kind of feel bad for them. <laughs> I also feel bad for them just because, like, our boyfriend is on that team now, <laughs> our little hipster hockey boyfriend, and I don't know. Oh my God, who? Connor Carrick. He has a podcast, and I kind of started listening to it a little, but then I realized he, like, doesn't let any of his guests talk, and he talks about himself the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, he has his amazing guests on, and then he, like, talks about his experiences, like, when he was a kid playing hockey, and I'm like, no one wants to hear about that, Connor. So I stopped listening. But anyways, that's like my anecdote about Connor Carrick. I could absolutely believe it. Because when he's like a guest on stuff, he talks forever. And it's like, okay, I get it. I get you're an NHLer. Like, I'm not trying to take that away from you. Also, dude. But you're not Bobby Orr. Like, yeah, you're, you're Connor Carrick. I mean, yeah. Like, 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 it's not. 
Like, I don't know. It's just, it's They need that. They need that. (laughs) The Devils? Yeah, they do, I guess. Or they could, they need him to play better, maybe. (laughs) I was going to say he needs that for his own, like, sense of worth. Yeah, I Because it's like, you didn't stick with the Caps that long, bud. Nor with Toronto. No. Mm-hmm. Or with Dallas. Or oh my god, Dallas. he was with Dallas. Oh, I forgot yeah. about that. I yeah. forgot that he went there before he ended up in New Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I feel bad for them, especially because um their Crawford is out now. No, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. So it came out the New Jersey Devils they uh, released an official statement saying that um, Corey Crawford has taken an indefinite leave of absence from the club due to personal reasons. So, um, I don't know if it was like, if it's something going on with his family or if it's like, he's trying to figure out migraines. I know he was out for a while with the Blackhawks because of like the recu- uh, concussion stuff. So, Oh, that's tough. Yeah. That's really unfortunate for him. I, I feel so bad. Yeah, yeah. I feel like he just got back. Yeah. Like, with Chicago during the playoff run, so that really sucks. Actually, I don't mind Corey Crawford. Like, I don't like the Blackhawks, but he was always the one that was just like, you know, people don't talk about him enough. Like, he actually yeah. carried some of those teams. Like, oh, if we're for gonna... sure. The last cup, for sure, I'd say. Yeah. Oh, I feel bad for him. Hopefully everything is, like, okay and it's not like too serious um but I always get nervous when they don't say why and they're just like for personal reasons and I'm just like oh like my mind goes all different kinds of places so in the offseason they also signed Dmitry Kulikov to a one-year deal and then I'm not sure I haven't gotten an update to this update but um, he sure uh, wasn't at training camp at the start of it um, because he like injured his leg during um, the off season, but it shouldn't be long-term, but I don't know if he'll be ready for Wednesday's game or if they start Wednesday. I'm trying to think about what they really have going for them this year. And I just can't really think of anything <laughs> like, oh. yeah, me neither. I think like the biggest thing for, like, if I was a Devils fan, like, I would just want to see Jack Hughes take a step forward, not necessarily the team, but that would be my main priority, is to see if he can find some consistency. Jack Hughes did, like, gain a bunch of weight, so I know, like, uh, one of the big issues was that, like, he was really small, and, like, you know, people could kind of push him around a little bit, so hopefully that makes him stronger and not as easy to get off the puck. And he can, I feel like he's more of like a playmaker than a goal scorer himself. Mm-hmm. Hopefully he has someone to pass to. How much weight did he put on? I think it was like 15 pounds. I feel like he's a, oh. uh, it was on Filipovich's podcast. Like, I think he's like 180 or something now. And like wow. he put on like fifteen pounds. Like no, it was like uh, okay, that was me three months into co- uh, quarantine. You're not special, Jack. I know. Oh <laughs> he's so little. He's so little. I know. He's a tiny, tiny. He still looks. I saw pictures of him recently, and I'm like, oh, he's so tiny. He's like, 
<laughs> I know. He's like, I grew. He looks like a child. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. He's just a small boy. Yeah, he I'm is. looking at their roster right now, and I... They have so many young kids on their ELCs um, this year. That could be a good or bad thing. Yeah, I mean, it definitely could. Um, what do you guys think of PK? How do you think this season's going to go for him? I think he's going to have a good season because the team doesn't really have very much else and everyone's kind of young. So I feel like he'll feel responsibility to kind of carry the team a little bit and push it forward. So I think that he's going to be really invested this year. That's so positive. <laughs> See? Okay. He's so optimistic I, I was going to say, like, the exact opposite. <laughs> I think if he has a good season, it's strictly because he's, like, trying to rebound after Lindsey Vaughn and, like, trying to show off. I mean, to who? In New Jersey? I mean, he's close to New York. I will say with PK, I wouldn't be surprised if he did have a good season. I mean, he is going to get all the opportunity to have a good season in New Jersey because he'll be on the top line. He'll definitely get top power play time, I feel like. So, I mean, this... I could I could definitely see him have a good season for himself, maybe not a good season in the terms of like going anywhere in the division. Yeah, they're not going anywhere. <laughs> like, <laughs> but you know, someone has yeah, I know. Even with all of my optimism and positivity, I'm like, <laughs> I just, <laughs> I'm like the glass isn't half empty or half full. There's just like no water in the glass. It's just like <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, I actually want them to do better but i just i'm like i don't see it how it could happen you know what how many times are they playing the penguins eight times eight times yeah well, those are eight wins they have it's horrifying it's like disgusting like uh, if i see pavel is it pavel jaka zaka, zaka? zaka? <laughs> like cross up of Giddy Mulgan and like Chris Latay, <laughs> I, I would be glad. Like, it's like a schedule though. Well, good luck to them. Yeah, I mean, you know, I wish them the best at the bottom of the, the league, and that's <laughs> all I can say. Hope they get a good draft pick. Yeah. Well, not too good. No more first overalls in the Metro. I know. No, yeah, like, that's true. We're, we're it's full. too much. It's yeah. Too much. It's, <laughs> and none to the penguins. <laughs> they don't. They don't even have their first. So it's, they are. are they're doing cold. their due diligence and not letting first round picks in the division. Everyone else needs to keep up. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Right. All right. Let's jump to Washington, which in Dom's model he had projected for third this season. They lost Holpe, but they got Hank, and they lost Hank. Um, they signed every single old Penguins player ever to play. <laughs> <in the world. laughs> like, what is that about? Like. Do they have a sloppy seconds kink or something? And I'm not about this because it's weird. Yeah. It's, right nice. now they have Schultz, Sherry. Uh, they already have Hay- uh, Hags and they have Sprong, which no one really cares about, but I care. So <laughs> I'm going to add him in there. Uh, and then they sign Chara. And according to Dom, he said, Washington still has enough talent to be a playoff team, but this is the closest the Capitals have been on the other side of the playoff bubble in a long time. What do we think? 
Um, I think the lack of a goaltender is a very big issue. Yes. I think losing Holtby is going to be bigger than I think uh, they anticipate. I think losing Holtby was bad enough, but then I think to lose Hank um, is... I might even be comfortable saying, like, a catastrophic blow. Because now they don't have, like, time or money to get another option. So they're just having to kind of rely on their untested babies. Yeah. They have... Craig Anderson had a tryout contract. So, I mean, I don't... I was like, oh, that's great. (laughs) But he was... I think he wasn't even going to play this season. But then Hank got injured and... He was like, oh, I guess I'll try and give it another go. So he wasn't even really in the mix. They were just kind of like, what can we find at this point? Um, so I don't know. I think, um, I think, yeah, goaltending is a big problem. And I think that they were way too confident about Samsonov because he just had a few games last season. And I think that, I mean, he had more than a few games. But I think that he he definitely got the kid glove treatment for a while, like, People were, I think, playing more defensively smart in front of him. And then um, I think at the end of the season, he started to drop off a little bit. And so I've never, a lot of people are, like, convinced that he's the second coming of Christ. I've never been, I'm like, I don't think so. I think he's untested. Like, he, he could, he could, again, be really good or really bad. Like, I just think he's a completely unknown quantity and he's never had a playoff game either. So, I mean, I guess that doesn't matter as much for, like, making the playoffs, but I feel like. It's dicey. I, I feel like people way overestimated. Plus the fact that he got injured. He got injured in the um like during the break. So that's why he didn't play in the bubble. And I don't know what the injury was and like how much it affected him. He says he's doing better now, but I don't I don't know how much that will affect his game. So I think it's a big question mark. And then um, but, but on the other hand, um, the other goal, goalie, um, Vitek Benicek, I think that he's really, I think that he has a lot of potential and that he just never really got the attention because Samsonov was in Hershey. Um, so I think that he's probably, he could be just as good as Samsonov. So I think he's going to compete for the, like the starting position. I don't think it's guaranteed that Samsonov is going to be the starter, but I don't know. Goaltending makes it really dicey, but I think, um, but I, I, I agree. Like, I think it's questionable whether they could make, whether they make the playoffs because the division is really hard. Um, so I saw someone say that they had like the second highest odds of winning the Stanley cup. And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. I was like, what? I'm like, on what planet are you? Like, where are you getting that information? Mm-hmm. Because like, I'm a fan of the team and I'm like, if we make the playoffs, I'll be really happy about that. <laughs> That's interesting that you bring up that, I'm, I can I'm not even gonna pretend pretend to pronounce his name, but because it seems like a lot of places ha- project Copley to be the sec the other. Oh God! Guy. <laughs> but for that position, is he not? Do you think? Um, I mean, I don't know. I feel like I try to pretend he doesn't exist because he's like he's kind of. I mean, I won't say he's a member of QAnon because I don't know, but like it wouldn't surprise me. So I try to th- not think about him. Well, like, we're not we're not saying that he's not. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah. I mean, he was he was an okay backup goalie, but he was never like he was just always like like a back a solid backup goalie, and he never he he never was really ever considered to even make a run at um like competing for the starting 
the starting job, like somebody would have had to have gotten hurt and then maybe he could have competed for it. But um, he's like never, he's never, I, like he's never really been a standout, I think. So, I mean, he could be. And like the whole situation, I think, is like so unknown that maybe I guess he could be the the backup. But I, I if I had to guess, I would say it would be Vanacek and um, Samsonov. But yeah, I think I think that they have like everywhere else aside from goaltending. I think that they they're pretty looking pretty solid, especially because they got Van Riemsdyk. They added him. They have pretty good defense. They actually have too many defensemen right now. So it's going to be interesting to see who's like makes a final the final cut um, or who's kind of more regular in the lineup. Um, so I feel like they're good everywhere except goaltending, but that's like a pretty bad place to be shaky. <laughs> to be questionable. Yeah. Like I thought they looked really bad in the bubble. They did. I, <laughs> I have nothing nice to say. <laughs> Leah, you are making Christy act so nice you can say so many mean things it's totally fun i say mean things to mary all the time constantly like, yeah <laughs> i like i like send all these like smug texts about like sesky <laughs> it's like uh-uh. you know and, and i'd be like i'd like always send like stuff about jack johnson just to like you know just remind her that he was on the team <laughs> yeah. so it's okay you can be mean you don't have to hold back it's fine like, I feel like their defensive acquisitions, they have a lot of names, but Justin Schultz in Pittsburgh, like, he wasn't working out, like, the past few years, and I feel like he's not, just Justin is best on, like, the power play, and I feel like with John Carlson, like, he's just not going to get those minutes, and no. defensively, he's, <laughs> there are some questions, so I don't. I don't know. I do wish Justin the best, though. And then yeah. Chara is old. <laughs> he, he is very old. He's like, I, I was actually surprised. I was like, oh, he's actually is older than I am. <laughs> he's like that old. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, John Carlson, though, like, I feel like John Carlson is a mess. Like, I'm like the one Caps fan who thinks he's like overrated and doesn't do a good job. I'm like, I'm like, you're not a forward, John. That's not your job. So, so yeah, I don't know. He's not, I don't really feel like he's a sound defensive player. I'm hoping Van Riemsdyk will like make things better. Yeah, Van Riemsdyk was a really good addition. I forgot to mention that. It was probably through my haze of all these Penguins players. But, yeah, <laughs> I think that he's a really good addition. I was mad when they got him. I, I'm i questionable about uh, at Schultz, too. I think he's right now projected to be on the second pairing. And I just know that Justin Schultz defensively isn't the best. Uh, where like offensively is where he thrives. But, again, this is a different – this is like a new team – um, a new system for him to learn. One thing I think that could have the cap struggling just off the top is that they're they're like adjusting to a new system with a new coach. And, the, you know, they could try to find their, they, like it could take a couple of games until they find their identity. And then like, you know, normally when it's a new coach, it might take like, I don't know, 15 to 20 games until people are really like, set in like what they need to do and by that time you're like almost at the end like in the middle of the season so I mean 
But at the same time, the Caps are the Caps, so it's like they're always like <laughs> even when they're bad, it's they're annoying. good. They win, so it's just like yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's so crazy, and I think Peter Laviolette is a really good coach for teams that are ready to win now, and which I think yeah. the Caps are. I forgot about Laviolette. I forgot they got him. But okay, a big I, improvement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait a minute, didn't we have we have your yeah, yeah, we have him, but he's not our head coach. He's not our head coach. It's fine. <laughs> um, I just feel like the Caps are just really, really like old. Like I feel like they have to be like the oldest team in the league. So like that might be a benefit that it's fifty-six games rather than eighty-two, but then all the games are like super compressed. Right. So Danielle, I feel out. like you brought Yeah. <laughs> Danielle, I feel like you brought up a really good point that like they just might run out of runway. Like when they start getting good, like the season's almost over and it might be too late. Yeah. It's, kind of, it's funny though that they're like the oldest team and that's like even without Hank. <laughs> it's like I they could have been even older. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm just hoping, like in my optimistic mind, that he'll just be like a really good like stay at home defenseman who just like stands in like, you know, guards in front of the net. Like, you don't have to be as fast to do that. Come uh-huh. on. <laughs> like, he's just, like, big. He can, like, block stuff. <laughs> I mean, I think a new role for him could be really beneficial with the fact that, you know, he's not playing on the top pair. Because I think in Bo- Boston, he was playing with Charlie McAvoy and getting, like, a lot of minutes. So yeah, a limited was. role could be beneficial to him. I mean, like, I, there's not a lot that I, I question on this Caps team. Like, you want to question Ovi and Nikki and... But then, like, you can't because, like, they're so consistent. Like, Ovi will still score, like, 50 goals and 20 of them will be against the Penguins. And it's just, like, it'll run my heart out. But I'm also, like, in a weird way happy for him. And it's just, like, gross. Yeah. Oh, I appreciate that. Don't tell Gino. Be <laughs> they're friends. It's okay. Yeah, I guess yeah. now they They like each other now, yeah. Um, but, Okay. Let's move on to the last team in the East, and they are projected second in Dom's model. Um, so over this the off season, the best move that the Penguins made was that they bought out Jack Johnson, but then they <laughs> and slapped themselves right back in the face because they got Mark Matheson, which is probably the worst contract in the league, and then they signed Cody CCU, and then they paid the King's ransom for Casper Kapanen. Um, and he's not even at training camp, and he won't be. He'll probably miss the first week of games because he uh, has to quarantine, um, and he's just getting to the Penguins like the week before or the weekend before the team starts playing. And then they also lost Zach Aston Reese to injury. Um, and Sullivan said that he's on track to return where the medical staff anticipated. Um, and he continues to make strides, and they're going to, of course, monitor him as they get closer to the start of the season. Yeah, I'll... I'll... Like, why are they the way that they are? <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I... To keep it interesting. The, they're drama birds, and I get that. But, like, I, I need a break. I need a nap. Like, can we just... <laughs> I think it's been... So I came into hockey in like the 2016 playoff run 
So, like, I, I got there just in time for the back-to-back. And then ever since then, it's just been, like, this, like, screaming dumpster fire downhill. And I <laughs> I want to know why. You haven't suffered enough. Because it's clearly <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think it's that. I think I think it has a lot to do with management. Like, it, it's Jim Rutherford is so toxic. He is awful. Yeah. And then, like, yeah. Mike Sullivan. Yeah. What the he fuck happened? I feel like I feel like Rutherford has dirt on him. That's my, that's my crazy conspiracy theory. I think he has dirt on him. On on who? On on Sullivan. See, I don't even think that. I just think that like I I don't think I Sullivan's think. a bad coach. I just think that the past two years, like he's gotten too cocky and thinking like, oh, this team will come back. This team will come back. But like when you like this team isn't the team that was in twenty sixteen. But they, like, ha- they haven't come back. Like it's yeah, point, exactly. Like, is is like. I mean, I guess the white man delusion runs strong, but like, do <laughs> they get by now? They'd have noticed. I think that's what it is. Like after that cup, they got away from what made them good and what made yeah. them dominant for those two cups. And ever since then, they've been trying to like, like patch up the holes. But it's just like you made the holes, like you did it. So it's just been. It's just been really frustrating to see like them be like, oh, maybe this person will be a good 3C. Maybe this person will be a good 3C. Like, let's try Jared McCann or let's try, um, I don't know, Sam Lafferty maybe. Like, let's just try whoever because we don't have money to go get anybody because we signed Jack Johnson. Fucking Jack Johnson. Just looking at the Penguins, I will say... And I'm trying not to come at this in a biased way. I will say that I really do like their top two lines. And honestly, I know that the we don't even know if Casperi will fit with Sid. But I think that Sid and Gensel just work so well together that it really, I don't want to say it doesn't matter who's on that line with them. But I still feel like it's a really good line just like no matter who is who else is on that wing. And so I think that their top six looks really good. Once uh, Zach Aston Reese comes back, I think that their fourth line is solid. And I think last season that showed. And I really like their top four defense. I think the only question mark for me is, again, who is that 3C? McCann, his underlying numbers last season were really good, even though his play in the playoffs sucked. But like throughout the season, he looked good. So I'm wondering if he could fill that role. I know that's what they're wondering, too. And then... I love Tristan Jari, but I do understand where people can find, well, can be, like, concerned the fact that, you know, before last season they were actively trying to shop him, and now he's their number one goalie. So, yeah, I think the Penguins have a lot of questions more than, you know, I'm, like, more than, in my opinion, Washington or the Flyers or the Bruins. Yeah. I'd like to think like the old penguins could overcome those questions and kind of like, you know, fight their way into like showing people up. But I don't know that they currently have that in them. Um, I don't Taylor like like a couple weeks ago, she like made a good case for Mark Jankowski on him being a three C because his season last season in Calgary was just so bad and he's not that bad of a player. So I wonder what he's going to look like, especially if he has um, 
McCann on his wing. Um, so I'm kind of curious about that. I know, Danielle, you said that you watched, like, I don't know, you watched something. Um, and you were like how the third line still looks like the leftovers. So hopefully these leftovers have some chemistry if they're going to be playing together. But I am nervous with Zach Aston Reese still being out because then the fourth line has that hole in it. I can't remember if Sam Lafferty plays on the wing or is it if he only plays center? Because I wouldn't mind if like him being in that position um, just until Zach Aston Reese gets back. But I mean, when you look at this, when you look at the lineups, right. And you look at our team, I just feel like the third line is just like everyone else. It's like, okay, so you know, these players are going together, you know, these players are going together. And then it's just like, okay, everybody else, like (laughs) you're there. Like, just work out. So, I don't know. Yeah. I do like that they got rid of um, Sid's toys with, like, Hornquist and Shiri. So, like, every time they feel like they need to get something going, they put them on Sid's Were they Sid's so I'm toys glad they took or that were they um, Sullivan? Sullivan. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad they got rid of them. Yeah, I agree with that. Also, I will be, It's it'll be interesting to see how that new assistance bench uh, works out because we have that one assistant that came from Wilkes-Barre Scranton and he won the championship or won, you know, the AHL championship with the checkers, uh, uh, like two years ago. So he is a good coach and we'll see what changes they make. Um, so I don't know. I, oh my I, gosh, can I just say that like, I literally was sitting here today thinking like wondering about horny and thinking like no no that was just a bad dream i had that he got traded <laughs> and oh, I was like, Mary, it oh my god i'm so relieved it was just a bad dream but it actually really happened yeah it happened See, oh, what oh. Were you, like were you devastated yes oh. i love horny i know he wasn't that great i like i'm far more like into the emotional side of this nonsense like i'll keep a bunch of old like they're gonna be 90 years old i'm still gonna be like no no Sid, keep playing you're fine you're great <laughs> <laughs> Love stupid, angry, horny, like in front of the net being obnoxious. Like I loved that. I loved yeah. that. Like, yeah. and I loved yeah. him being like crazy in the locker room and like half naked all the time. Like, yeah, he sad. will be miserable. Like he was such a presence. Yeah. So I have to ask you guys, like, what do you th- do? You think that like, like what happened? in the bubble do you think that like everybody was just injured or do you think that it's going to spill over to this year and it has to do with motivation like what do you because i feel i, I thought was... this question was about to go an entirely different direction <laughs> and i'm a little bit disappointed <laughs> well i was just like i was i mean i have to say like i was kind of surprised i thought that they would like you know not make the pre-first round exit so I'm kind of wondering whether that spills, you think that's going to spill over to this year or whether the same problems that cause that are going to affect this year. Oh, they no longer have Jack Johnson, so he can no longer actually <laughs> put the goal in our opponents. Um, goal, I guess I just, I like, once you brought up Montreal, I was just like, I don't even remember what happened. <laughs> But I remember Jack Johnson was doing a lot of own goals and he was playing a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If they don't, if the coaching staff doesn't change a lot of the problems that they, that they inflicted on the team, then I, then I think that th- this will be better. But 
I don't know how, I don't even know why this is an issue, but I feel like the coaching staff needs to motivate the team that even when they're healthy, they need to play as if one of their key guys are out because coming into the playoffs last season, they were playing incredibly. They were like Sid was out and they were still playing. Jake was out and they were still winning. And then like Sid came back, I think Chris Letang or Dumlin came back and then everyone just falls apart. That can't happen now because I do think this is a good team that could make it into the playoffs. I do think that, but they just yeah. all have to work together consistently. Was it game four or something like that where Sullivan had nothing to say? He only yelled at and like all the players were expecting him to like go off on them. And he just he didn't say anything or he went off on he went off on like Zach Aston Reese for something so, so minor. But he couldn't like he just had so much confidence in them that they were just going to turn it around that he didn't tell them that you like you need to turn it around and it's just like yeah these people are adults but at the end of the day they're looking at you they're looking to you to guide them so I feel like and I hope that the new additions um on the bench like Todd Reardon and that other guy helps to kind of tell Sullivan about himself like you can't just be like yeah guys just go out and do it and then you're gonna yell you're gonna nitpicky yell at one or two players when you're not like there's a whole team here wrapping up we have a few questions so with every team that we talked about which team do you think had the best off season i don't maybe buffalo or washington like those are the teams that made the biggest moves i feel like or buffalo got taylor hall man i think the penguins they didn't make a lot of like big moves, but they made the smart move in unloading. Jack but then Jones. you got what's his face, so I kind of feel like that's a that's a wash. I don't know. I don't. No, I don't know. My I my is <laughs> about Jack Johnson and his like bottom sucking. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. You so got the strong. Jack Johnson of Toronto though. Like he's like he's it's like Toronto <laughs> Jack Johnson. So I kind of feel like you you like got rid of him, but. <laughs> Does he score on his own team, though? That's the question. I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> and we know that Jack Johnson does, so I think that I <laughs> stand by my answer. Yeah, Boston didn't really do much. Philly didn't do much. I was going to say, I think Philly had the best offseason because they didn't do much. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, they could have overreacted by how they got out of the bubble like that, and they didn't, so... I thought they were going to – I I think that they had the best loss. Yeah, they were smart because I feel like they have so many good young players. There would have been – like, it, it was such a weird year that it would have been dumb to, like, make big moves off of a pandemic bubble playoffs. Like, I think that if circumstances would have been different, things would have probably turned out differently. Yeah, I agree. And I definitely did uh, – I'm definitely surprised they didn't overreact when Niskanen re- retired. And, like, tried to get some other defensemen that would have just blocked one of the kids or taken up too much um, cap space. And, I mean, they still have a little bit of wiggle room going into the season, so they could make a deal. And um, they have pieces that they they could trade to make something happen. So I do think that I, I like their offseason the best. Who do you think is the strongest team in the division? Boston. <laughs> Yeah, I agree with Leah. I'm going to say Boston, too. I think I'm going to go Philly. Oh. Yeah, and I think that mainly... 
with a, the goaltending situation. Does that hurt you to say that, Mary? It, it's hurt. It, it does, but I'm pushing through the pain. <laughs> I mean, I don't trust Boston, but I guess I'll say Boston. Like, if Rask plays, because I feel like they have they they have like a pretty good deep, like um not defense, like goalie tandem, because they have Rask yeah. and they have um the other one. Halak. His name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Halak. Yeah, he's pretty good. He could, he would be, he did fine after Rask left. It wasn't like his fault that they didn't go further, I don't think. Yeah, they couldn't score. <laughs> okay, so who do you think are everyone's respective teams will struggle the most against in the division? Uh, the Caps, I feel like, are going to struggle the most against Philly, for sure. Because I think they, they're just not going to be able to keep up with all that speed I think so like they had trouble with them last year if I I'm not I can't remember exactly like what the no net, they did they did you're right Leah. yeah so I, I just remember I just remember it like not being <laughs> you're, you're like <laughs> well, like those are my best days going down to DC like and like coming back like getting booed at because they won so yeah I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure it's gonna be like ugly like the, the whole Philly matchup I mean I feel like it's not even necessarily I feel like they were uniquely bad against Philly and also like Philly I think is just legitimately gonna be good this year so yeah like Caps always play pretty well against Boston so or maybe the Islanders but I would say definitely Philly is the top. Yeah, I was going to say the Islanders, too. For for either team that I like, I, I definitely see the Islanders being a problem. Just because with Philly, even in the playoffs, I still think even seven games, they still weren't able to really dominate and crack the Islanders and Barry Trotz's system. And I don't know. I think it's too soon to say, but I genuinely feel like AV got outcoached in that series, so I could easily see that happening again, and like in a season where they play them eight times. Yeah. Oh my God. It's gonna be so boring to watch the Islanders play so much. It's gonna be so yeah. boring. It's tr- truly hell. It's just gonna be painful. <laughs> it is. I I was gonna say the Islanders because of their for the penguins because of their system and just the devil the devils also <laughs> oh no they, that's a good one christy that's a because good that's one. just yeah. that's, they they struggle yeah. against them <laughs> like with and without taylor hall that's that's the worst part is that it's with and without they still struggle like what is remember it? before yeah. the pause they beat the devils but it was like uh, like it was like touch and go, like in overtime. Yeah. yeah, and then they were like, "Yes, they're gonna get back on the right track." Oh, and then no, they, didn't. they didn't get in the playoffs. I was like, "No," so they didn't. <laughs> What's the deal with that? They just have this thing of like pulling it off against like the strongest, toughest, hardest teams, and then they just fucking sleepwalk their way through against teams that really like you know any peewee team should be able to be and that's culture that's a culture thing that's yeah. a, that's something yeah. a coaching they just, staff like, they needs get, to they get cocky or lazy and they just they they don't show up mentally yeah like absolutely it's embarrassing like if you guys yep. want to do load management do load management but like 
have that be an official decision, not just being like, yeah, we're not going to play today. Like, if you want Sid or Malkin out to rest them for a few games or whatever, do that. But say that and then don't just be like, yeah, we could just take all these shifts off. It's fine. We're only playing the Devils. Maybe the shortened season will make them feel more urgent because all the games are so much more important. Yeah. Leah, I see you trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> no. they, they always, they always be almost half a season. Well, I have a question. Which team do you, which good team do you think is going to miss the playoffs? Because I feel like we said all of of them can make the playoffs like if we really look at it so which one do you think has like the highest possibility of actually missing the caps the caps so you would say okay so which teams are you including in like the good teams like, oh, okay. like boston like, um, top four so boston philly uh caps and penguins yeah i think it's either Pittsburgh or Washington that <laughs> yeah. yeah I think they have I think that both the Caps and the Pins have like an equal chance of missing the playoffs yes yeah yeah it's yeah. like they don't try if they don't play each other yeah yeah <laughs> and they can only each win like <laughs> yeah 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 I mean COVID is gonna like make all this weird too so so in the reverse like who do you think is an underrated team that we talked about. Like maybe we didn't give enough credit to. Hey, the Rangers. That's where my head and my heart is going, the Rangers. <laughs> Do I have logical reasons? Probably not, but that's where I'm headed. So do you think that Jack Johnson is gonna like kill the Rangers? Like <laughs> kill the penguins? Like how does he <laughs> affect that? Oh, okay, so that if he does it, there might be some other sort of killing going on. So, <laughs> so that's the thing. Like if they if he plays like on the bottom pairing or whatever and he's not playing for that long, then I don't think it's gonna be that bad. But the Rangers have always and like horrid defensively so it's not anything that the <laughs> aren't used to um but i yeah, do think I, that i don't know if it's been this bad like i don't think they're def- like bad defensively as he is bad defensively like he's a black I mean, hole for offense he's not yeah, just he doesn't brendan just like smith, mess up <laughs> brendan smith was so bad defensively they started playing him at forward like it's <laughs> it, it, it's their defense like they do have good players like Trubo is good Adam Fox is like he's up and coming and stuff and then we're not going to talk about the other one but it's just like it's like in little spurts but it's not like a whole there's no four good defensemen on the Rangers I think my pick would have to be the Sabres I think they could be surprising yeah I have to pick the Sabres too. I think that like Taylor Hall really wanted to go there. Um, so I feel like he had a reason for really wanting to go there. And um, if he's like ta- having Taylor Hall and Jack Eichel on one team, that's like a big, that's, that's like pretty legit. So I'm, I'm, I think that they could potentially knock one of the top, the top teams out if they, if they manage to not 
you know, have too bad of a goalie situation. Yeah. I think it like Taylor Hall and Jack Eichel remind me of like, I don't know. I think they could rival Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Like, you know, just depending mm-hmm. on who gets going in a shortened season, I, I could see them like pulling out and like putting the team on their back. And I feel like maybe the Sabres are just like sick of sucking so much. <laughs> <laughs> they have to be. And I think their defense is not as bad as um, people might think. They have some people on there. Uh, I don't know. I feel like all of it is such a crapshoot though with COVID because you know people are going to get sick because they're not doing the bubble anymore and like the stars are already like delaying the beginning of their season. So I just feel like all of this is like still so unpredictable. Yeah. And and I think like compared to the other three divisions that have like the obvious like top four, I feel like in this division it's such like anything can happen because it's such a tough division whereas like the other divisions aren't so you just you just don't know and they all hate each other like they all hate (laughs) each other and they all hate the penguins specifically yeah that's what I'm like I'm like dreading is just like everyone the rivalries like I don't I already hate the Islanders I already don't like the Rangers like I don't need to hate them even more like, right I just it's don't exhausting to. yeah yeah like am I excited for hockey I'm no it's gonna be a world of hurt this season yeah. like it's just gonna be it's just gonna get so ugly because I feel like the players are gonna hate each other more too like like yeah it's just gonna be like nastiness they're gonna have like all these grudges yeah and then all the games are gonna be more intense because they matter more because like it's the shortened season plus like it, losing to other teams in your own division is like you know more it's like more of a risk so i feel like the whole thing is just gonna be like super intense well <laughs> you were excited i know yay, yay. Hockey. yay. yay. <laughs> Mary, Leah, thank you guys so much for coming on the show. We really do appreciate it. Thank you for having us. It's always so much fun. Of course. All right. So big shout out to Saucy Rockets, Mary and Leah, for joining us today. We definitely appreciate them so much. It's going to be a crazy season, Christy. Like, this is madness. I don't think I'm, like, ready. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know if I'm ready either. Uh, So we'll have to see. And hopefully the Penguins surprise us. But um, let's keep our our expectations pretty low. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So with that, we want to thank everyone so much for listening to today's episode. Uh, If you are confused about like our opinions on the Penguins and you want to get a primer on what they did this off season, make sure to listen to our episode. Um, our last episode, we have Taylor Hayes on the podcast and she is a beat reporter for the Penguins. So we talk all about them. If you're confused on how the season is even starting and like what's going on um, our episode before that, we talked all about the return to play for the 2021 season. So We have all your questions answered there and all the information you might need. You can find us on Twitter at where's underscore my underscore stick. If you liked it, make sure you, you know, tweet it out. Maybe tell a friend and follow us on Twitter. Bye.